It's green for go. They're racing. He says go. He says Tara. And Tiger Tara rolls away from them on the home turn. Here comes another big boil over. Equine athleticism at its best. The king is in the castle once more. This is in one race. The rest are almost in another post. She is a star with a capital S. It's going to be a triple treat. A miracle three-peat. Ladies and gentlemen, you have witnessed history here at Menangle. What about that? It's getting right up on the sprint lane and it's going to bolt in. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Sunday Session on the Sprint Lane podcast series for Harness Racing New South Wales. My name is Greg Hayes. Whether you were listening for the first time or you are a repeat listener, it is great to have your company. It was great to catch up with some people in Young on Friday night at the Carnival of Cups meeting and hear them say they are listening in on the podcast, which is great. Speaking of Young, what a night it was on Friday. I had the honour of doing some pre-race interviews before the feature race with all the trainer drivers. This race was a lot closer than Cowra, and despite all the support for Sia Art, the Jason Grimson-trained runner, it was the David Aiken-trained Max Delight that proved too strong, winning by a head at the end of the gruelling 2,887 metres. I got the chance to speak with David before the race on Friday night. I hadn't talked to him in more than four years. One of the nicest blokes there is in the sport, I had a fair bit to do with him when Lenny the Shark was firing and he had a number of good horses in the stable at once. Always found the time to have a chat and provide an update on the horses back then and he's no different now. He's still recovering from a very serious cancer scare and while it is all looking good for Dave, I do wish him all the best going forward. He's been very proactive in prostate cancer awareness since his diagnosis and he did tell me that he has spoken to several trainers in the sport that have gone through something very similar. Off the track at Young. Oh, wow. How good was the live music? Things of Stone and Wood were great. They were the first of the three main acts to hit the stage. Then it was Sierra McLeod's turn. Now, I hadn't heard a lot of her music prior to Friday night, but I got through a lot of her catalogue on the way back from Young to Home after the meeting. As a live artist, she was outstanding. And then it was The Living End after the last. What a superb show the boys put on. Loved it. The team at Harness Racing New South Wales are doing a great job reinvigorating the Carnival of Cups. I can't wait to get to Tamworth on Australia Day for the next one where Adam Brand will be performing. Fantasy Harness Racing is off and racing. Basically one round through already. Jack Morris leads after the first week on 918 points. I'm pretty happy with my first week effort. I'm 11th overall with 861 points. I had Will Rickson as my captain this week, and he drove plenty of winners. I thought he'd be driving it young on Friday night, actually, when I made him my captain, but he got the call up to drive my ultimate Ronnie in WA, so he didn't compete on Friday night in New South Wales. The Inter-Dominion started pretty wet start for ID23, but some very good performances on the track, and it was the two brothers leap to fame and Swayze dominating night one for the Pacers. Biggest upset of the night was the defeat of Queen Alita in the Trotters, which has added another dimension to that series. What's on the show this week? Well, Will Rickson was a must after three winners at Clubman Angle on Saturday night. His winner Western style blew the tote board apart when it won the first at big odds and then he picked up a double for his dad, including the teeny tinny stakes on I'm Prezi Bell. I spoke to Seton Grimer on the podcast last week. He won a race with I'm in Trouble. But this week, he picked up a training double with Saginaw and Talent Agent winning for Summit Bloodstock. So I want to catch up with Seton again on the show. And I just mentioned Summit Bloodstock there. What a success story 
It has been since beginning just over four years ago. Jamie Dernberger-Smith is a young man that I met many years ago through social media. He actually came into Sky Racing when I was there. He sat with me during a couple of shifts, but thankfully for the sport, he's turned his attention to getting people into harness racing through Summit Bloodstock and ownership. I wanted to find out more about the business and one of the two men behind it, so I've tracked down Jamie, who is currently over visiting family in Austria, and he's made some time in his very busy schedule to have a chat with me and tell me more about Summit Bloodstock and how it all started. Of course, they won the Eureka within Cypher earlier in the year, so a couple of good things to have a chat to Jamie about. Plenty to get through again this week. Time to get into it. Let's get started. Straightening, 27-6 the quarter. Tangoing with Sierra, the leader over Teresa Love. Bologna is about to get into the clear and offer. Down the outside, here's Ideal in Dreams letting loose. And the deepest is I'm Prezi Bell. Another big finish coming up. I'm Prezi Bell is out after Ideal in Dreams, who's got a bit of a kick. But I'm Prezi Bell goes to the lead. Ideal in Dreams is trying to raise another effort. But by gee, the money was big, the money was strong, and the money was right. Huge night for Will Rickson at headquarters tonight. Three winners on the program, and uh, he would be one happy camper. Hello to you, Will. Hey, Greg, how are you? Mate, really well. Congratulations. Three winners on a Saturday night. That's a nice night at the office. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it's uh, always uh, always good to get a couple of winners, and obviously on a Metro night as well, it makes it even better. So, um yeah, it was a good night. Let's start with Western Style, the first of them. Um, lit up the tote board over 50 to 1. You just got into the right place with Western Style. Yeah, it worked out well. He, um, he's sort of one of them horses that, um, you know, with the right run, he can he can definitely feature. And um, just been racing without a bit of luck, which is why he, he was definitely over the odds tonight because his form wasn't reading well, but he hasn't been racing bad, so... Um, especially when one Ferrari happened to do a fair bit of work, it worked into my favour just sitting 1 1. And it was still a really good win because he just had to go probably 50 to 100 metres too early. Um, so for him to keep sticking his head and get the job done, I was really happy with him. Yeah, that, that first half, 55 5, that sort of um, brought the horses just racing off the pace into it, didn't it? Yeah, definitely. I was quite confident at the half because um, he, he was travelling really well and, and did everything did that first half pretty well on the bridle and stayed out of the burn. But um, I was a little concerned coming to the 400 when the, the death horse I was following started to drop off quite sharply and made me made me get going just that bit earlier. I like to wait to the straight on him, but, um, yeah, obviously he was still able to get the job done, so it was good. And then it was a double for Dad. I'm Prezi Bell, proving too strong in the feature race, the teeny, teeny stakes. You were able to uh, be very patient with her. You just brought her with that one run. Yeah, that's why we like the driver if it can work out. And you know, she was she got in that race really well tonight. Um, she's been racing the top mares lately, and um, she's definitely got up to that grade of being one of the top mares as it is anyway. And um, just a couple of the mares in that race tonight weren't really proven in that grade where where she has been all year. So we're confident she'd run a good race. And similar to Western Style, the tempo really brought her into it, and she was able to follow Ideal and Dreams right into. The, well into the straight and, and finish off the the way she does and she she does have a bit of a habit of hitting the front and knocking off a bit so she was able to pick her ears and enjoy the win. With Ideal in Dreams, you were just able to stalk it the whole way. Wherever Chris went, you were on a, on his back and, and then just 
you know, you were able to obviously come off his wheel and, and prove too strong. Yeah, it worked out well, especially because Chris had to get going a bit earlier. Um, so I could just track him for a fair distance. Um, so, yeah, it worked out well that I had a nice helmet to follow. It makes a difference. What about Dance and Deliver? Were you, were you surprised with that win? Not really, to be honest. Um, he, similar thing all night. The speed was on, which brought him into it. But, you know, that horse of Luke McCarthy's uh, looked very nice on the on the view, but it was a you know an up the fifty race where tonight there was Metro horses like he's won through Metro's lately dance and deliver and I couldn't really work out why there was such a big difference in the market between them because that horse of the McCarthy's only had one start so um, I wasn't surprised that he was able to win tonight and again like halfway up the straight what were your thoughts because. You, you, you got a bit of a, a gap on them, but they, they did start to come at you late. Yeah, he's a bugger. He's always been like it. He just knocks... He has, he's has. he got a mind of his own, and I, I sort of... If I had it over again, I probably would have waited another 50 metres, but um, the horse in front of me just started to drop off, and they weren't going hard at all at the top of the straight, so I got on my bike. But, yeah, once he hits the front, he just he, you can just feel him completely switch off, but... Um, when Carlo Gambino actually got to his girth, um, even though it was close to the line, I could feel him sort of hold him off again. So, um, yeah, hopefully he can grow out of that habit um, of just switching off before his job's done. Mate, three winners tonight, but it's been a, a pretty big week for you. And I, I know um, firsthand because I've got you as my captain in the fantasy team and, and you have been driving winners wherever you've been this week. Yeah, I would have liked to have had a winner last night, but um, anyway, that's the way it goes. It just didn't work out for Ronnie, but yeah, it has been a good week overall. Um, been been pretty busy, so I'll enjoy a day off tomorrow. Yeah, let, let, let's quickly have a chat about Ronnie. Um, of course, over at Gloucester Park in, in the four-year-old feature, um, what did you make of his run? Yeah, look, we're disappointed with him, Greg. Like He's um, obviously a class animal and more really confident heading into the race. Um yeah, but it's sort of hard to know till probably the blood's come back from his and um, see how he pulls up. But Jared said he seems well today and seemed pretty well after the race last night. But, yeah, it probably wasn't his best performance. So even though he, they made it a bit hard for him, he had to do a fair bit of work. But um, we're just a bit disappointed with his last couple of hundred metres in the race. How did you enjoy the experience at Gloucester Park? Yeah, well, Straight away, I was disappointed, you know, like I was obviously thought it'd be really hard to beat and was really looking forward to it. And, um, you know, originally I was a little bit disappointed after the race, but now I've sort of looked back on it today and on the way home last night and I thought it was pretty amazing to get the call up and, you know, get the honour to to go over and drive him. You know, they had plenty of options they could have used to, to drive him and, you know, people that knew the track over there or, you know, or anyone would be happy to go and drive him. So to get the call up to go and drive him, I would always be grateful for it because, um, you know, it's a great honour. And I thank Scott and Jody and Jared for the opportunity. And hopefully it's not the last time. Um, hopefully we can jump back on him again one day and, and get a better result. The result wasn't what you wanted, but Gloucester Park itself is a is a pretty special harness racing venue. Yeah, definitely. It was a great experience to be able to drive and, you know, drive against the best over there. And, um, yeah, it's a, definitely it was an eye-opener. It's a little bit different to what we're used to here, the different racing style and different way that they sort of do things over there. So, um, yeah, it, is a, it was a 
great opportunity. How are you feeling? Because Thursday you drove Penrith, you got up Friday, you flew to Perth, you've got back on the red eye on early Saturday morning, and then um, I'm talking to you, and it's you know after twelve thirty on on Sunday morning. So how are you feeling? Pretty tired. Yeah, not too bad to be honest. I think probably the night I had tonight sort of lifted my spirits a bit, but I had a good sleep today, um, so I was feeling pretty good going into the night racing. So. Yeah, I'll still enjoy a day off tomorrow, that's for sure. Okay, Back Newcastle on Monday. Newcastle on Monday. All right, well, all the best of luck there. Um, wish you uh, all the best of luck going forward as well because you're having a great run at the moment. You're doing uh, doing great things. Congratulations with your three winners tonight. Thanks, Greg. Appreciate it, Tom. Sweeping to the lead, Barani. Kenny said kicks. They were followed further back on the inside, getting up on the pegs. I'm Bruce Almighty. Uh, running on Diamond Eclipse. Trying to get into the clear is Saganor. It's going to come with one late run. Here it comes, Saganor. It's flashing home. What a win. What a drive. Saganor. He had to work double overtime hard to get that done, and he got the job done all right. Beats Diamond Eclipse. Flashing through Ryan's gangster. Well, this time last week, we were having a chat to this young bloke about one winner at headquarters, but tonight we're going to have a chat to him about two. Seaton Grimer with a double, a training double tonight. He's joining me to have a chat. Congratulations, Seaton. Well done. Thanks, Greg. Thanks for having me on. No dramas at all. Mate, um, big night for you at the uh, at headquarters with a with a, a, a training double. Yeah. Um, going into the night, I was pretty confident we might get chances. Um, Marcus said so as well by starting favourites. Um, but uh, yeah, I expected a good showing and yeah, they both proved too good. Well, let's uh, let's have a chat about Saginaw because we spoke about him last week. You said, look, he's a horse that you can't do much with in the early stages. You've just got to drive him for luck every week. So he can look to be unlucky every now and then. But tonight, he had plenty of luck and it was a, a super drive from Cam Hart. Yeah, he just sort of, he's not the best beginner. Um, but ultra consistent and just really fast horse. So when he got shuffled a bit far back, um, I thought it was probably a bit too fast for my liking. Um, and I, to be honest, I did panic a bit. I should have known. I had Cam Hart on. Um, the kid's just a freak. Um, I don't think I've seen anyone better. But um, no, Cam Murphy's driving fee for that one. Uh, at the top of the straight, like I said, I was a bit worried. But yeah, Cam Murphy's magic probably at 100 to go. and well, probably even a bit less. And yeah, the horse made it home and yeah, just got there on the line. The horse deserved the win, but um, Cam's drive was something special. He probed, he looked, he was going inside, outside, just trying to find a run because he's obviously shuffled back on the pegs. And then as they turned for home, he was able to get away from the inside. At you know, when did you think you were going to win the race? What fifty from fifty from home? Oh, probably not even. Uh, probably sort of twenty meters from home. Um, after the line, I. I Sort of wasn't even worried about. I'd won the race. I was just shocked with the drive. To be honest, um, it was yeah. That that was a fella. It was the first leg of a double because uh, we saw Talent Agent then came out and uh, and proved too strong, and it was a very dominant display. Yeah, he sort of hit a good name form that horse. Um, he won uh, probably three or four weeks ago here in '52, and then yeah, went to Canterbury and yeah, put on a dazzling spray. He went. Yeah, he, he got the track record 53-5, um, well within himself. So, no, I was expecting a good showing from him tonight, and, yeah, he, he got the job done. Driven very aggressively, were they the instructions to Cam? 
Yeah, I, I told Cam just sort of be positive on him early. Um, he seems to yeah, go his best, driven that way. Um, he did find his last two because I like that. So, yeah, looking at the third, I didn't think there was any reason to change. Um, having Master Cats draw to our outside was probably beneficial. Um, it's a yeah, pretty strong horse, and I think it's 114 meter. Um, so it was a big dropping grade for his. Um, but no, Cam, yeah, once again, Cam got a spot on. He, he made it in perfect, and yeah, got him over the line. He won quite comfortably in the end. He, he won by 18 metres, and um, it was five metres back to third. So it, it was a cricket pitch job. Um, he's obviously That was obviously a heat of the Christmas gift, so you'll go towards the uh, the Christmas gift final. You have two in the in the race now. Yeah, it was actually um, pretty excited. Last year, I won the heat final on Oilers. Um, so, yeah, no, to have two in it this year, which I trained myself, um, no, I'm really looking forward to it. So what happens with the driving um, with these two in the final? What do you do there? Um, yeah, I'm sort of a bit lost at that stage there. Um, the final is on Instadom night. So obviously top drivers will be away. Cam, Jack Cow, Jack Trainer, um, all of them drivers and that will be away. So I'll, I'll probably jump back on one. Um, and then, yeah, try, sort of look to try and find the driver for another one. So what was the reason you didn't drive tonight? Um, yeah, I wasn't on my best behaviour when Callum Agent won on at Tender. Um, so I copped a suspension 14 days. So I elected to miss the heat train that I got canned. Um, so I'll miss next week, but I'll definitely be back into the final. Mate, we were speaking last week, you, um, being a B-grade trainer, and, and you obviously have that aspiration to be the A-grade trainer. A, a night like tonight proves that you know you can you can mix it with the big boys. Yeah. Um, I'm just, yeah, I, I look up to Grimo and Luke McCarthy and all that. Um, so it's a well there way to make a double myself. Um, no, I'm pretty proud of myself. And you've got the connection there with Summit Bloodstock. They uh, they race talent agent. How did you come up, uh, about getting a horse for Summit? Um, Jamie, just uh, Jamie Dumberger Smith, he just got in contact with me one night um, and wanted me to try Saginaw. Uh, they actually have both of the winners tonight. Um, so, yeah, he got in contact with me wanting me to try Saginaw and, yeah, he came over and he's doing a super job early. Um, but they elected to send a few others before talent agent. Um, but, no, they've been really big supporters of mine um, and they're so grateful for the opportunity they've given me. Yeah, having owners like that in the stable always helps. They've, they've got a number of horses in the country. They, they do spread their horses out, but they do get results. They, they, they have nice horses, and it's nice to see you get a couple from them. Oh, exactly. Um, they've put so much into the game. I think last time I was talking to Jamie and Aaron, I think they had upwards of nearly 400 horses. Um, so, yeah, they, they support a lot of trainers um, in pretty much every state. So, no, for, for them to trust me, only a young kid with their horses and some of their nice horses as well, yeah, it's a privilege on my behalf. Well, mate, congratulations tonight. Um, we've spoken twice in the space of a week, but you deserved it. A winning double at headquarters, training double is uh, is very good for a bloke of your age. Well done and congratulations. Yeah, man, thanks for having me. I'm very appreciate it. Let's have a look at the Menangle Express Race 1. Saw one for the roadie. Go to the post as the $1.60 favourite. 
Arden's ace showed good speed off the arm, was able to find the lead in the early stages. One for the roadie was 1-1 in the early stages, but Robbie Morris was pretty keen to get forward, so he attacked for the lead. He got it with around 900 to go. A fast first quarter of 26.4 before backing it off to 29-1, but the damage had already been done. Pump the brakes ended up being three pegs behind one for the roadie and Arden's ace, while Joni N was outside the leader and Western Style ended up on its back. Western Style tipped and rolled around the final bend, was able to hit the front and hold off Arden's ace and pump the brakes, who was very good. Didn't do a lot early and ended up being three pegs, but he got the, had he got the split earlier in the straight, he, he would have won. Sean Grayling looked inside and out, couldn't find a run until it was too late. 28-2, 27-6 home for 151-3. One for the roadie was brave after working through the first 700 of the race. Race two saw the Peter Hansen train Mac Da Vinci start a very short $1.30. He didn't have much luck in the early stages when the croupier left the gate hard along with Porter Prince. The croupier held, cash and flow kicked through behind the leader and Porter Prince snagged back to get three peg. Uh, three pegs, which exposed Mac Da Vinci not long into the race. The first two quarters were 27-5 and 29 Wow, he's a rock star, had the back of Matt Da Vinci for most of the trip. They really worked through the third quarter. They ran a slick 27-1. Class prevailed. Mac Da Vinci was able to stick solid and prove too strong for the croupier in a slugfest up the straight. They beat the rest comfortably with Wow, he's a rock star finishing in third. They did run 149-9, so another great effort from the winner. Cash and Flow, the most winningest horse at Menangle, was again well below par after racing behind the leader. Race number three, Bondi Lockdown was the $2.40 favourite for Belinda and Luke McCarthy. He got a charmed run throughout. Where you've been bopping charged off the gate as he can do, he led through a slick 26-1 first quarter. Outer Orlando lobbed behind the leader. Brados lad in the chair with Bondi Lockdown in the 1-1. They backed off that second quarter to 29-5, but the speed went on again in the third as they ran 27-6. Turning for home, the leader and death were under pressure. Luke let Bondi lockdown roll, but he couldn't get a, uh, really get away from them. Um, a couple of the Lizzie Heath runners didn't have a lot of luck in the straight. Last Tango in Heaven was probing for runs in the straight, never got clear, while Field Fear Cruisin' was also looking for runs and was disappointed for a number and uh, half runs appeared and he just couldn't get through. Both were good. Jack Callaghan pushed Alter Orlando up the inside when a run appeared and he finished third, so his run was good, but it was Bondi Lockdown winning by 2.7 metres in 150.9. Race number four. There was a delay of more than two hours until the running of the fourth. A huge storm passed over the track with lightning and thunder plus hail. Huge wrap for the track team at Club Menangle. From what I was hearing, the meeting was in some doubt due to the track, but the crew said they could fix the issues, and they did. When we got back underway, Saginaw was the short price favourite at $1.40. Seton Grimer said on the show he had to be driven for luck, so that seemed huge unders for mine. There was good speed early with Iron Bruce Almighty and Diamond Eclipse going fast into the first bend. Ryan Gangsters dive straight to the pegs, crossing the favourite. The fortunate son pushed forward and found the top off. I'm Bruce Almighty approaching the 900 metre mark. So that made Saginaw five pegs. Kenny said led up the running line with Barani on its back. 27-2, 29-1 were the first two quarters. As they approached the final turn, the leader started to tire and all the runners on the pegs began to push wide looking for clear air. Diamond Eclipse was three pegs and worked to the outside of the field, but Saginaw and Ryan's gangster were both looking for runs everywhere. Robbie Morris was able to slice through with Ryan's gangster and Cam Hart was able to get Saginaw into the clear at around the same time and Saginaw sprouted wings late to grab Diamond Eclipse. Ryan's gangster got third. 
fabulous drive. One of the best you'll see at Manangle from Cam Hart this year. But let me say, Robbie's was just as well, just about as good on Ryan's gangster. He had to be patient. The horse, his horse didn't have that zip that the winner had. Um, both really good drives. In fact, all three place getters were driven well. Uh, race number five was Heat Two of the Christmas Gift, and Miss the Truth was the short price favourite for Jared Alchin and Cam Hart. Hart looked to go forward early and slot in with a shorty, but he got in. He got caught out on a limb in the early stages, and it took him a long time to drag him back to the running line and get in. In fact, he didn't get there until there was 800 to go. Um, so it, it, this was a really good performance again. Sailor Girl led. Ultimate Bird was outside it. Hey there, Joe was behind the leader and Sir Richard Lee in the 1-1. 26-9 and 29-1 were the first two quarters. Approaching the home turn, Cam Hart asked Mr. Truth to get going from the tail of the field, but it looked like the bird might have flown, um, and Fred picked it up beautifully in the call. Sailor Girl gave a little kick turning for home, so Richard Lee came around the card of Ultimate Bird, looked some chance, but then missed the Truth, hit top gear down the outside and was able to get there in the shadows of the post. So Richard Lee was good at huge odds, finished second. Sailor Girl held on for third from Constantina, who did a good job late. So it's going well at the moment. Race number six, the short price favourite was Talent Agent at 260 as Cam Hart attempted to clean sweep the Christmas gift heats. He was driven aggressively in the early stages. He was able to get the lead off Kiora Beauty, which meant St. Crusader was three pegs. Master Catch went to the chair, giving Sir Simon 1-1 cover. First two quarters, 26-9, 28-6 as they went past the cages. Hart let the favourite slide and he put a winning gap in his rivals. Kiora Beauty and Master Catch were both gone and that didn't help St. Crusader at all. He never got out of the pocket from being three pegs. He went over the line with nowhere to go. Sir Simon got going from the 1-1, was able to run second some 18 metres behind Talent Agent. Rocket Boy was third, but a total forget run for St Crusader, who was the second pick in the market. Race number seven was the Teeny Teeny Stakes, the feature event on the night for the Mares. Tangoing with Sierra was driven aggressively at the start and was able to work to the front. Bologna pushed through to hold the spot behind the leader, which meant Beauty Play was caught without cover until Teresa Love ducked around to sit outside the leader. Second quarter was 28-8, so straight away I was looking for Ideal and Dreams, and I'm Prezi Bell back in the field. Uh, as they approached the turn, Ideal and Dreams got going, and I'm Prezi Bell stalked until they had well and truly turned into the straight. Once Will Rickson asked her to extend, she did. And while she never looked in any danger, the margin wasn't huge. Ideal in Dreams was good in finishing second. And Dragon Tattoo for Harrison Ross saved ground on the pegs for third. Early effort told on tangoing with Sierra as she weakened to finish fourth. Thought Bologna had every chance from behind the leader. Uh, race eight, the favourite was Aliberto at $2.50. Sunstar showed speed off the gate and led, but Luke McCarthy went forward on the favourite to try and get the lead. It took him 700 metres to get there, which meant a really fast first half. 27.8 and 28.5 meant 56.3. That spelt trouble for the favourite. Carlo Gambino got to three pegs, and when Celestial Gossip went from first over to four pegs, Neptune quickly raced up outside the leader, giving Dance and Deliver the perfect toe into the race. Neptune eyeballed Aliberto approaching the turn, and those two, along with Dance and Discover, broke away from the rest. It was interesting to hear Will say on the podcast he thought he may have moved too early on Dance and Deliver, but in the end it was able to hold on. Carlos Gambino came with a, a late run to finish second, while Red Reactor screamed down the outside for third. It was only just beaten over four metres. It was a good run. I wouldn't be jumping off Aliberto just yet. It was a fair class rise on Saturday, and he did have to do a power of, of work. Uh, race nine for the Trotters over the long trip. 
the fave in a wide open race was Have No Fear at $3. Simone Lindenny found the front soon after the start with King of Love on its back and Gunner in the death seat. Sunny G was checked and broke uh, and broke running through the first quarter, which was a little bit surprising. As they approached the winning post the first time, Simone Lindenny broke, which allowed Have No Fear to roll to the front. King of Love was still behind the leader with Kai Valley Finn three marker pegs. Gunner was outside the leader. One Magic Kenny was behind it and Bustlin' Brody on its back until it was put into the race in the back straight the final time. They ran through the first half in 61 seconds after a 49-2 lead time. Have No Fear looked to be travelling strongly as they approached the home turn. Um, King of Love was still stuck to its back. Valley Star had worked away from the inside and was making good ground on the leaders. Have No Fear was swallowed up halfway down the straight. King of Love then looked vulnerable, but Valley Star had peaked on its run and King of Love was able to hang on with one Magic Kenny in third. I think Valley Star's worth following out of that race. Uh, best winner of the night. Talent Artist was way too good for its rivals. Put them away in the twinkling of an eye. Strong win. He looks set to win a few more. Best drive of the night goes to Cam Hart on Saginaw. But I, as I said earlier, I think Robbie Morris's drive on Ryan's Gangster was just as good. And best beaten performance of the night was the Croupier. Let up, was only narrowly beaten by Mac Da Vinci in 149.9. He will be winning very soon. but the leader slips away here as they near the bend. It's Talon Agent. He gives it a little bit of rain. It races 10 metres to Kiora Beauty. Master Catch waiting for a run. St. Crusader. 27-9 the split. So Simon peels out and then give me a reason. Murphy's reward. But as they flatten for the run to the judge and the leader is Talon Agent. It's well clear. Master Catch. Sir Simon trying to get home. Give me a reason to the outside rocket. Boy, there's a wall chasing but it's all Talon Agent and Talon Agent is going to come right on and score a big win talent agent first sir simon second right off the track rocket boy grab third what about summit bloodstock over the last few days in new south wales alone Manangle tonight saginaw and talent agent friday at newcastle outlook denstown young it was mendoza lass tamworth thursday better keep rocking enemy lines ashley's blue chip you see the name in the race book results constantly Jamie Dernberger-Smith, the man behind Summit Bloodstock. I've been able to find him. He's overseas, he's in Austria, and he's joining me to have a chat. Hello, Jamie. How are you? Good, mate. Good. Thank you for having me on, Hazy. No problems at all. Mate, you obviously love your harness racing, but, gee, you have some success at it. Yeah, yeah. We, we work really hard. Um, we always say, hardy work, lucky you become. So we just had a dream. Uh, Jake Webster Bainey, Aaron Bain and myself, and we just have just run with it, live and breathe it. Spend about 18 hours a day, all three of us, just watching replays, making phone calls, uh, talking to owners, just trying to keep the dream alive and get harness racing pumping the way it should be and the way it was when we were kids, Daisy. Yeah, spot on there. And and look, how many how many horses do you have? Uh, we're a tick over the 450 mark now. Um, it's grown exponentially over the last probably 18 months. Uh, once the winners started coming through, a lot more people coming on board, a lot more people getting excited going to races. So the word of mouth alone is what has really caused it to grow. So it's been a lot of fun. Um, we're going to keep on going. I think the world record right now for owning horses is 1,100, which is the Dolphin. So we've got that in sight. We're not going to stop until we get there. Wow. It, why did you start? 
did was it just about introducing people to the game, trying to to give the the sport a bit of a kick? Yeah, well, when we were kids, Harold Park going to the races with Christopher Robinson and my stepdad Gregory Menz, it was just it would get packed and it was just the best atmosphere, and I absolutely loved it. And then once Harold Park shut down, I just felt like it lulled a bit, and then I got caught in the job going to the mines um, in North Queensland and then WA. But always trained on my days off. Um, I was at Chris Robinson's, Gregory Men's, Trevor Lamborn's, Gary Hall Senior, and just wanted to try to get the sport back to the way it was when I was a kid. For well, I just had a son 11 months ago, so the dream is for all of our kids to be able to go to race and enjoy it the way we did. So we don't want to stop. We let the gallops do it. When you go to the gallops, it's just absolutely packed. So there's literally no reason we can't. We have the, basically the same product. What I would feel would be a better product. So. Yeah, we just want to just keep going hard and just keep getting people bums on seats at the races. So Summit Bloodstock is a is a, a venture between yourself and Jake Webster? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, it was just a pipe dream of us. Just to buy a couple of Kiwis. We always wanted to buy one Kiwi. We bought two. Um, I think it was the 30th of November 2019. And, yeah, we got those two. Westar Sam, my better lady. She just had it down by the seaside uh, filly the other day. And they won, I think, 27 races between them in a very, very short time and gave their owners and us a lot of joy, which then snowballed into word of mouth of talking to their friends. And then Aaron Vane jumping on board. And then now we just we buy many horses every week. And people obviously see your success and then contact you and say, hey, we, we want in these horses? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's just how it works. Um, we've got websites, contact forms, um, our emails and phone numbers are there. We basically talk to people 24-7. Um, I do a lot of the night feeds for my son, so I stay up till about 3 to 4 in the morning every night, and uh, baby will go to bed about midnight, so generally people can contact us 24-7, and we'll take everyone's calls and just try to give a service the way that they're doing the gallops, and there's yeah, it's just going to keep snowballing from there as long as everyone's happy. It's just getting bigger and bigger because it's not just Australia anymore. You've you've got horses in New Zealand, you've got horses in America, you've got horses in Canada. Yeah, yeah, we've um, concentrated a lot on America lately. Uh, flew over to Lexington uh, at the start of October and we bought eight yearlings there. I've uh, got a lot of contacts there. We do a lot of work um, talking to the trainers, drivers, um, a lot of friends there. So, yeah, we do a lot of work on the yearling sales. Um, our yearling sales season is coming up uh, next month, so we'll be ploughing there as hard as we can. Um, but yeah, it's, it's an ever-growing beast. Um, dabbling into the gallops, Aaron Bain. I think he's trained a winner every Saturday for five weeks in a row now in the gallops, so he's really catching that bug. But harness racing is 100% our passion, so we'll never be lost to there. It's just we just want to grow both sports. There's no reason why people can't cross-pollinate between each of the codes and have a lot of fun. Well, harness racing would definitely like the, the, the to open the gate to the, the um, owners from the gallops. There's obviously some very wealthy people and a lot more owners in the gallops than there is harness racing, so it would be good for the sport to get a few people to come this way as well. Um, so what's the plans for Summit Bloodstock? How big can you become? Oh, I think the world's kind of our oyster. Um, in Europe right now... Uh, plan is definitely to do Sweden, Italy, France. Um, racing is very big over here for the trotters. 
Um, the trotting gate is something that we are not heavily involved with, so we definitely got to start doing a lot more homework on that. But definitely racehorses over here. Um, so you've got Canada, America, New Zealand, all Australia. So there's a lot of horses to be bought. <laughs> there's a lot of horses to be bred. We're breeding 37 this year, a couple of galvers and a lot of harness racing horses. So, yeah, I guess five, ten thousand horses, it doesn't matter. As long as everyone's happy and we're getting the results and working hard, I'm sure we'll just keep growing. How do you pick your trainers? Uh, so we also do a lot of work on that. Um, Aaron Bain and Jake Webster and myself, um, once a month, we talk every day, but once a month we have actually a, like a formal meeting, a Zoom meeting, and we go over all of our horses and horses that we're potentially looking to buy. Then we'll look at different states of where we should be placing that horse due to rating, HWE, gate speed. There's many variables that we look into. And um, then we just place it from there. And then obviously we know a lot of trainers. We've all been in the game since we were kids. So we do a lot of homework there. And especially like young up-and-coming trainers, we've got a lot of horses with a lot of kids uh, just starting out, giving them a crack. So we want to try to grow that grassroots part of the sport as well because just like rugby league grassroots and you take that away you cut the, the tree at the trunk so you want to really support that and of course the success with the eureka earlier this year that was a very special time for you um is that something i, I see that you guys are dabbling in other sports with with the, the slot races as well yeah so we've jumped into the uh sand Grover, which is the greyhound that's just going to be a bit of fun um we try to use our systems to um, cross-pollinate into the gallops, but we can't see why we can't do it in greyhounds as well. So we're going to have a little dabble there. Don't know where it's going to land. It's going to be a, a lot of fun. Um, we've got a lot of people on board that are going to just go for the ride with us. It's only very minimal outlay, so either way, it'll be fun. And, um, yeah, I actually had Aaron Bain send me a message probably two hours ago and say, just letting you know, we won the Eureka this year. <laughs> Literally two hours ago. <laughs> so what's uh, have you thought about what you guys are going to do with your slot next year, or is it too early? Uh, it's too early. So that's one thing that we've learned, especially because we won the race by Green, second and Nullar Ball, and we won the Eureka. We learned pretty early from doing the first year of the race by Greens not to go too early because so much water on the bridge, anything can happen. And as you've seen this year with the Eureka, so many different variables happen and change and people were locked in so early. And then once you're locked in, you're kind of obliged to, to fulfill that contract. So for us, we want to wait till kind of as late as we can. And is it something that you're going to do more of by, you know, there's obviously slot races bouncing up all over the place now in harness racing. Will you guys look to buy slots in, in other feature races um, across Australia? Yeah, so we um, filled out the forms for the Protostar um, that Queensland are doing. It's a great concept. Every state can do it. Anyone can do it. It's a super easy um, concept, and a lot of people are keen to jump into these slot races. So um, there's a little push for Hayes and SW to try and maybe do a two- or three-year-old um, slot race. We'd definitely be keen. Uh, yeah, definitely try to get into the Everest and those type of races obviously it's going to be very hard but we'll always have our foot there and slot races are the way of the future so hopefully we keep getting more in harness racing Mate you're, you're a smart operator how big can this get? <sighs> um, like I said I, I hope 
five to ten thousand horses. I can't see why it can't. Um, funnily enough, Jake, Bainey, and myself—we've all had sons over the last two years, so hopefully it's there for them to take over when we're old and just wanted to fish and stuff like that. So that'll be the plan. Just keep on growing and with a bit of luck, those Harold Park days will be back again. Yeah, of course. That'll be that would be fantastic to see. And just you, you mentioned that you don't, you know you're going to you you're, you're doing the late feeds with your son, so you, you're working late into the night. How many hours a week would you be putting into Summit Bloodstock? So if you have a look at my screen time on my iPhone, it says on average uh, seventeen hours forty two minutes a day. Wow. Yeah. So. A lot, we, we do have people that complain about us winning races, but it, all it is is just, you just got to work hard. We, we work harder than anyone in the room and all our owners and especially, and Bainey has said it on, on interview many times, the only people that really see it are our family. The amount of time that we have to take out of our family time to do this, luckily for all of us, it's get, we get to work from home, so we get to stop whenever we want to, but we work as hard as we can see if we can and it's not even work. A dream, passion. Go to the races. We sit down. We watch races. No one could ever call that a job. And how how old are you, blokes? I'm 35, and Bainey and Jake are 32 each. So, on the granddad of the three. <laughs> Mate, it, it is a fantastic story. <laughs> Mate, it is a fantastic story. It's great to be great to see you guys being so successful. Um, again, another double tonight at Menangle. Um, Winners all over the place. Congratulations with it all and all the best of luck for the future. Thank you very much, Hazy. Have a good day, mate. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Winning. Hey, that's pretty good. Winner. That was legitness. That I say, all right, all right, all right. Wow, winning. Bam. Just like that. That's all there is to it. That's, that's all there is to it. Me, I got a winner during the week. Um, Mr. T did not, so that puts me in front. I'm still minus thirty six dollars, and Mr. T's minus forty nine. You know, shut up with your jibber jab. I'm gonna give you a little job, boo. Okay. Um. All right, Mr. T. What do you got for us this week? Both at Bathurst again, race five, number three. This is on Wednesday. Works for me. Um, that's the first of Mr. T's tips, and he also goes race eight, number two. Rock you. Race 8, number 2. So they are the two tips for Mr. T. My two tips for this week, I'm going Newcastle on Monday. Actually, I'm going with two horses that have come out of the one race at Goulburn last week. I'm going race 9 at Newcastle, number 3, Caster Semenya for Will Rickson. The horse got a little bit rough up the straight at Goulburn. There was an issue, and they, uh, the stewards noted that in the stewards' report. A little laceration. Um, showed good speed, then handed over to Baxter Red and... Ended up finishing fourth in the race. Um, so I think Caster Semenya can be winning at Newcastle. And then at Menangle, Club Menangle on Tuesday, race eight, number three, Raging Sea. It was second in that race. Did a lot of work outside the leader. Taylor Osmond is driving extremely well at the moment. And uh, I think Raging Sea can get back into the winner's list. Has been to Menangle previously and finished fourth. That was two starts ago. I didn't think the run was too bad there either. So that is race eight, number three, uh, Raging Sea at Menangle on Tuesday. 
That just about wraps up another show. Big thank you to all of the guests, Will Rickson, Seton Grimer, and a special shout-out to Jamie Dernberger-Smith after making himself available from Austria, where he is visiting family. Hope you've enjoyed the podcast. Good luck if you're playing Fantasy Harness Racing this week and selecting your captain with the second and third round of the Inters taking away guys like Cam Hart and Robbie Morris. I think I'm going to stick with Will Rickson again as my captain, but... Uh, big choice coming up this week and also use your trades wisely enjoy the inters good luck with all your decisions and I will catch you again next Sunday for the Sunday session